following program is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. UGA Football News presents today's sports report. On today's sports report, we'll talk about University of Georgia football and more. And now, here's your host of today's sports report, Chris Hall. Well, welcome to uh, today's sports report presented by UGA Football News. I'm Chris Hall, your host. Matthew Hall joins us as well. And we are so happy today to have uh, with us Chris Burnett. Uh, uh, you know, we, we say sometimes, Chris, uh, you know, a former University of Georgia player, but but uh, you know, that's like the Marines. Once a Marine, always a Marine. So that's right. once a UGA player, always a UGA player. And, and Matthew and I are so thrilled to have you joining us on our program today. And we thank you very much for being with us. Yes, Matt, Chris, thank you both for having me on. Um, it's a pleasure. Love following U, uh, UGA Football News on, on Instagram. Always getting, you know, the great insight. And um, it's just been a pleasure to, to be able to follow you guys. But grateful to have the opportunity to join you all today. All right, let's talk a, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your UGA pedigree. You're from LaGrange, Troop County. Right. Uh, back in the day, LaGrange had some pretty good football teams. Uh, Troop County, pretty pretty good football teams. Uh, you played offensive guard at Georgia 2009 to 2013. And you are personally responsible for the great career that Todd Gurley and Keith Marshall and other <laughs> running backs have. Is that right? Am I getting that? Well, maybe not you personally, but you and yeah. the guys on the offensive line. It was a lot of fun playing with those guys, wasn't it? Oh, it was so much fun. And honestly, it probably is the reverse. Like any recognition I got was, you know, because of, you know, the great running backs that we had because of Aaron being who he was as the quarterback. Um, but it was amazing. I loved it. You know, those guys are brothers and friends of, you know, of mine for, you know, forever. So it's always good to be able to have a little bit of trip down memory lane to to think about just how incredible those years were because it was a blessing from god yeah. you know it was a dream of mine to, to get to georgia so to be able to get there and to be able to have you know a decent career um it's just i'm just super grateful for it yeah uh, you uh uga advanced to the sec championship game two times during your career you were a three-year starter you started out being redshirted and then you climbed the ladder, brother, and you did good. Uh, made all SEC second team 2012. And now you work, I understand, for a very great friend of uh, the, our, our program, Chick-fil-A. So that's, that's right. a pretty good gig, uh, brother. What do you do for Chick-fil-A these days? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Chick-fil-A so much. And, um, you know, Lord willing, I will never leave there. Uh, if I do, they'll drag have to drag me out by my feet out the front door. Um, but... Uh, currently, I'm working in restaurant development for Chick-fil-A. So, you know, my role is really helping to determine which sites we may do in the Northeast uh, Territory, you know, New York City, uh, upstate New York, New England. Um, and it's been a dream come true. Um, can't really find a better uh, company to work for. And it, it really feels like a second or third family for me. You know, you have my, my biological family, you have the, the Bulldog Nation family, and then now the Chick-fil-A family. So. I can be more grateful. And I hate to jump in here, but I noticed where, and I can't, I got, Lord forgive me on this podcast, but I saw where Giannis showed up to a Chick-fil-A. Yes. That's for 50 pieces, man. Yes. 
book, the man ate every piece. <laughs> <laughs> he was wore out. After the NBA playoffs, the poor brother was wore out. So. That's right. That's right. What, you know. What's interesting of that is they talked about the brand that they actually, I was reading last night, actually, mm-hmm. talking about the actual brand, I guess the brand power from mm-hmm. him doing that. Yeah. Talking like 219 million. I mean, it was just an un- outrageous number. Yes. Uh, and that because of the publicity, you know, that it, it attracted for Chick-fil-A. Which, yes. I, which I think is awesome. I mean, he could have picked any restaurant, I guess, to go to. That's right. That's so, right. So, I love it. And, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is like just an upstanding character guy. Like, I love basketball. Yeah. And it was just incredible to see like how his story has evolved so to see him you know love chick-fil-a and give some publicity and promotion especially in the midwest because that's a territory we're not really known in yet you know we're still expanding and growing in the midwest so it was cool to, to see him kind of show that support and love for the food and you know similar i i didn't have it on instagram or anything but i think i've eating 50 nuggets with barbecue sauce a few times myself so <laughs> I, you know i can get maybe at a, on a good day on a good day i can maybe get you know 10 down at one time but i know yeah, yeah. there's no way i can go beyond that <laughs> they're, they're plump they're good they're delicious but i can't handle that but uh yeah it, uh, we love chick-fil-a and uh, we we visit chick-fil-a very often around here in the albany georgia area where we're uh, our headquarters are and so we uh, we see those guys uh, quite often. Well, we want to talk a little bit about UGA football. We are, as if I calculated correctly, we're about six Saturdays away from the first game of the season. And what a first game it's going to be. You know, sometimes yes. uh, Georgia, as other teams do, other major college teams do, kind of open with a easier opening game, you know, to kind of ease into the season. Well, hello, Dolly. Here we go with Clemson uh, at Bank America Stadium in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, September the 4th, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. ESPN's going to be there. It's obviously going to be the, uh, the the game of the uh, the starting weekend for uh, college football. It may turn out to be the game of the year. So, I, you know, Matt and I want to get your perspective on this game, boy, it it should be a, a golly whopper uh, of a game with Georgia and Clemson Heritage Programs uh, returning uh, players coming back from successful seasons last year. What do you think about this game? Uh, what is your impressions right now? Yeah, uh, it's exciting, but it's also a little nerve wracking yes, at the yes. same time. Uh, you know, if for uh, from a fan standpoint, you know, having to transition from being someone who's on the field, who's preparing and getting ready for every game, and you're ultra confident at all times. You think you can win every game, no matter the opponent, to transitioning to becoming a fan. It's hard, uh, (laughs) to be honest. You like to micromanage things in your mind. You're thinking about every aspect of the game that they're preparing for. Uh, But the beauty of it is, you know, Kirby has done such an incredible job of helping to get those guys mentally prepared and recruiting the right guys. So I feel like going into this game, um, I'm very excited and I'm also very encouraged. Uh, I don't feel the same fear or anxiety I think I have in the past when we had those big games. You know, I think back to even my senior year in 2013, we were playing Clemson in that kind of kickoff game and um, how we were ultra confident. And, you know, obviously we didn't come out with the win, 
Um, but seeing how the following year they rebounded, they were prepared, they knew what was coming, and they were able to to dominate that game. And I feel like this upcoming season, the team, the the group of guys that they have are going to have a, a more similar mindset to that 2014 team. Uh, they know that the job has to be done um, that night and they have to be prepared. And, and I think having a guy like JT Daniels back there under center is going to play all the difference. Um, you know, Clemson always has elite defensive line, elite defenses, and always has explosive offensive players on um, uh, at skill positions. And But I, I do believe that coming into this year, it'll be a great way for Jordan to set the tone for the rest of the year. But I guess the beauty of it is that even if somehow, some way they don't win the game, all the goals for for the dogs at the end of the year are still going to be right there in front of them. Um, and it'll be a great gauge to see, like, are we prepared or are we at the level that we need to be for, uh, you know, the title run? Yeah, it, it, it racks up to be a great game. Matt, I know you have a question uh, for Chris about that game. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the thing is, just like you were saying, I mean, the way I look at it, and I mean, of course, it's just outsider's perspective. But, you know, with, with Clemson, I mean, you know, you already know it's going to be a tough matchup. But the good part is, uh, yes, yeah, a gauge for you, but it's to me, in my own mind, I guess, as a fan perspective, I guess the good part is it's not an SEC game. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it still leaves the table open for the dogs. I mean, That's right. That uh, we don't come out victorious. I mean, um, hold my breath while I say that because I'm, you yeah. know, we're gonna get. Yeah, we're uh, that's get right. That's right. I, I'm right there with you, Matt. Like it's it's exciting, uh, and it also I do have that gratitude of like, okay, it's an out of conference game to where if it does or doesn't happen, every single goal that's still there is still in front of them because that was kind of our mindset in 2013 when yeah. we lost that game. We said it sucks. Like we wish we would have won that game, but. We can run the table in the East and we can get right to the championship game like we thought we would at the beginning of the year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I'm excited about it, but I also kind of wish some of these bigger marquee out of conference games were able to happen inside the season, maybe five or six games yeah. in. Um, <laughs> because that that first week I, I, it's, it's very difficult uh, to not get overly amped and excited um, and potentially um, you know, outkick your coverage, so to speak, in the game. Because, you know, what, my first game ever playing at Georgia was against Boise State um, in that kind of kickoff game at the Dome. And it was that was not a great game at all. And I just remember being outside of myself with energy and excitement, almost to the point where I didn't play my game the way that I should have played. And if it would have been, you know, maybe game five or six where I got the nerves out, I think that you're a little bit better prepared and, and able to kind of withstand the, the, the ways of going back and forth through the game. So. Well, at least you wasn't on that crazy blue field they have out in uh, That's true. Uh, you That's know, true. And, and I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. I have learned how to pronounce the Clemson quarterback's name, DJ Wien Galele. I, I don't know if that's close, but that's the South Georgia version. What a name, yeah. uh, DJ Weon Galele. And uh, I kind of studied it a little bit, so I'm going to yeah. stick with that. You know, back in the day when I was in radio, uh, just right out of high school, I would read the news off of the ticker tape, the AP ticker tape. I didn't know how to pronounce all of those names, so I just made it up as I go. I figured yeah. nobody else around <laughs> knew how to pronounce them, but anyway. All right, let's talk yeah. a little bit about 
some, uh, you know, preseason prognostications that are coming out. The USA Today Network, uh, they have a network, uh, you know, that uh, of, of uh, affiliates and that kind of thing. They kind of took a poll. Here, here is how they say that the Eastern Division of the SEC is going to wind up. This is their preseason prognostication. They have Georgia winning the SEC East, followed by Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Sounds kind of right to me. And then they have in the Western Division, obviously, Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, Auburn, uh, Arkansas, and Mississippi State in the SEC West with the SEC champion, according to the USA Network of Affiliates, will be Alabama. And I did notice they did not have one single Georgia offensive or defensive player in their all-SEC preseason team, which is kind of surprising. They had Jake Camarda. As the SEC, all SEC punter. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I like Foundation better. Foundation is uh, also a, a kind of a network of affiliates, and they have Georgia winning the East, Alabama winning the West, and then they have Georgia as the SEC champion. And uh, they have JT Daniels as the SEC uh, player of the year, and so they give a little more props to Georgia. I noticed recently. Yeah. DJ Daniels, uh, there's been some sniping at him as if he's overrated and that kind of thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, and Georgia gets the snipes all the time uh, until we win that championship. I guess it's, it's right. going to happen. So what what's the deal? JT Daniels, I think, is a proven quarterback. I think he's going to do very well. So what's the deal with all this sniping going on at UGA players? What do you think about that? You know, Chris, I feel the same way that you do. I think that JT has proven himself. I think the dogs have enough of a um, group that is returning from previous seasons that are coming together that should be able to win not only the East, but the SEC. But I think we've kind of noticed the in the media, at least, kind of that, um, that, that snipe, so to speak, like you were saying, that come to us for whatever reason. I'm not 100% sure why, but I do feel that sometimes the media starts to uh, feel like they've had a game played on them when we don't necessarily make it all the way um, to what our talent suggests we should be able to do. Um, I think us as a part of the Georgia nation, the dog nation, the Georgia fan base, we expect every season to potentially be the season that we are able to make the leap and get not only into the national championship game, but win it. And I believe because the media has seen so many times, whether it be, you know, 2007, when we should have had that opportunity, but, you know, lost the game we shouldn't have lost and had to wind up playing Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl. Or you look at 2012, when we lose to Alabama, you know, five-yard line and don't get that chance to play Notre Dame in the national championship. Or obviously looking at 2017, when we get all the way there um, and aren't able to finish the deal, it, it I think the media starts to like play that card against us consistently yeah. um, since it has been, you know, uh, over 40 years since we won a championship. So, you know, honestly, I, 
If I was a player, though, I wouldn't worry about it at all um, because at the end of the day, what matters is how they support each other and what they think of each other and how they end up executing on the field. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully the, the media will have to eat crow uh, when Georgia wins the SEC, wins the East, and hopefully wins the whole thing at the end of the year. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not a dancer. I'm a Baptist. I don't dance. Yeah. But, if, but if Georgia wins the uh, the national championship, I'm going to go down the road in front of my house doing a hallelujah hop. How about that? I, I don't know it. what that is, but I'll create it. And I'll That's have right. Matthew right behind me. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> oh, man. All right. We have uh, Chris Burdett with us uh, here on uh, today's sports report uh, brought to you by UGA Football News. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to play a little game we call, which is more likely. Kind of interesting. And we'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment with more of today's sports report with Matthew Hall. Feeling tired, sluggish, run down? Does your brain fog up sometimes with one of those I can't find my keys moments? These days, millions of people are burning the candle at both ends and in the middle too. Do you need more wax for the candle? If you can relate, listen closely. We have great news. There is an amazing new state-of-the-art energy and brain performance formula available to you. Do you need a lift? If yes, then you need Lanacera Lift by Modexis. Featuring a special blend of targeted natural components, Lift is designed to safely and effectively boost your focus, mental clarity, memory recall, concentration, and more. And all of this in a safe and natural way. Everyone needs a lift, right? Go now to powerofpurple.info and get your free download of the Lyft Smart Sheet. And better yet, why not get lifted today by placing your order at powerofpurple.info. That's powerofpurple.info. Start your Modexis experience today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to today's Sports Report with Matthew Hall. We're back with uh, Chris Burnett uh, here on uh, today's Sports Report. By the way, before we get into our game, Chris, uh, which is more likely, uh, you know, Alabama signed a a five-star athlete. Uh, He is projected to be the uh, newcomer of the year, rookie of the year in the SEC by uh, some of the uh, outlets. His name is Jaquincy McKinstry. He's a five-star. He signed Mm. with Alabama. And he has uh, informed Alabama that this year he's officially going by his nickname, Kool-Aid. So he's going to be Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, he's, he's, I guess, a wide receiver, athlete, whatever. That's a cool name, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, what's the coolest nickname that you can remember? What was your nickname in, in college? What's the coolest nickname, you think, uh, that you've yeah. No, that's good. Um, so my nickname for at least all the guys that we played uh, at Georgia with, they just called me Burn. They just short shortened the Burnett and, Burnett, just, and made it Burn. Yeah. I think that was just an easy thing to, to get out uh, for sure. It, when it comes to like nicknames in general, like one of my favorites, and this is like not just college football or football at all, but I love Magic. You know, Irving Magic Johnson. That's just such a like perfect yep. nickname it described his game it described his personality and it almost became his name over time um but when it comes to football i'm trying to think of guys on the team who had nicknames um i'll give one that's a little bit more um 
off kilter here. So um, Canarius Gates is one of my best friends. You know, I'm the godfather to his daughter. He was the left tackle and left guard for, for Georgia when we were playing. We used to call him Hollywood Gates. <laughs> Um, and there was nothing Hollywood about him. Oh, gotcha. at all. You know, he's from Grantville, Georgia. Uh, he, he didn't have like anything flashy at all. Yeah. Uh, but he just was a guy who always seemed to uh, to get love from the coaches. Uh, so we used to call him Hollywood Gates because you know he could do no no wrong in the eyes of the coaches. So. Yeah. Matthew, uh, well, what about you? What, what's the coolest nickname that? that you've heard I, you know i'd love to be called kool-aid but that's not gonna fly with me what about you matt <laughs> well talking george i guess georgia players i guess the one that sticks out to me or at least stands out to me and i don't know if you play with him or not uh chris but uh i think about isaiah mckenzie um which he was the, he was known as the human joystick mm, yes um, that, that is was, a great nickname that, I guess for me, in at least modern day times, I guess Georgia Bulldogs wise, I guess he's the one that stands out. Because I, I mean, that was big. That was his nickname. I mean, he made joystick, and you know, of course, it it kind of ties into uh, Madden and in, you know NCAA football. He made that's right. And yeah, hey, he'll do a spin on you, and you'll be out of it. You know, he'll lose you real quick, kind of thing. So yeah, got a lot to me. And if I'm not mistaken, I know the last time I. Looked. I know he was playing for the Bills, um, but I'm not sure if he's still playing in, in yeah. the league. I, I did not play with Isaiah. Flashes in the NFL too. I mean, he's you know he's had some productive times uh, here and there, yeah. here and there. So, but uh, that's the name that sticks out to me the most. I guess nickname right off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I like I like that one. That was a good choice. I didn't play with Isaiah, but I think that that nickname definitely describes his game. And I guess as you were talking, I started thinking about other nicknames and. One that I, I loved it. It was funny to me because the guys actually hated this nickname. It was Gershel with, with Gurley and, and yeah. Keith Marshall. They hated that nickname so much. But I know their freshman year, like, you couldn't go anywhere without someone talking about Gershel and, and what they brought to the table. Yeah, uh, but that was my favorite one for sure, too. <laughs> All right, Chris, we're going to play a, l a little, which is more likely. And these are just scenarios, and uh, some of them kind of fun. Here's the first one. Which is more likely? Georgia beats Clemson, goes undefeated in the 2021 regular season, still makes the college football playoffs after losing in the SEC championship game. Or Clemson beats Georgia, but Georgia still makes the college football playoffs by winning the SEC title and winning the SEC championship game. Uh, either one of those may not come to fruition, but what you think is more likely? Will Georgia beat Clemson and Clemson beat Georgia? Do they both make it? What do you think? Which is more likely? You know, I think option one is probably more likely in my eyes. I, I think Georgia will beat Clemson, but I think there's a chance that when we meet up with Alabama in the SEC championship game, more than likely we, we I think we win, but there's a chance we could lose. Um, and I think that that would be our one loss and we would wind up in the championship game at the end of the day. If you looked at, um, you know, the way that they do the college football playoff rankings, I think option two would probably be more beneficial, like more, um, it, it would be more potential for us getting in regardless, because if you lose to Clemson and beat Alabama in the, in the SEC championship game, you're 1,000% going to get into the game. But I just think it's more likely that we could beat a Clemson but potentially lose to Alabama yeah. at the end of the day, but still make it. 
Boy, you know, that, that's a tough college football can be tough. You got Clemson, yes. Alabama, and you got everybody in between shooting at you. What do you think, that's Matthew? Right. Which, uh, which one do you think is more likely to happen? I mean, honestly, you know, when I just when you just first read it or whatever, and I have, and you know, just for fact out there, I'm not these at all, but uh, I mean, I initially I picked choice two. I mean, just off the top of my head, and uh. You know, I mean, it's easier, to, I guess, to, at the beginning, to in my mind, I guess, it's easier to get beat at the beginning by a non-conference opponent and then pick up the bootstraps, I guess, kind of thing with my mode of thinking on that. But that's a tough choice, man. <laughs> but if I had either one of them may happen. Who knows, you know? That's but, right. Uh, kind of interesting to kind of look at it. All right. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, I think I, I'm I'm going to go with number one. I think, uh, I, I, I think Georgia will be Clemson. I, I hope they beat Alabama. I hope we run the table. We can do that. Same, right, we've got the same. talent to do that. All right, here's number two. Which is more likely JT Daniels passes for over 300 yards and two touchdowns and a Georgia victory against Clemson or Clemson quarterback DJ Wiengalele passes and runs for over 300 yards and a Clemson victory over Georgia? Which one do you think is more likely, JT or DJ having the better game? I got to go with JT. I think he's the more proven commodity. Um, and I do think that it's going to be difficult for our offense to, to move the ball against Clemson's defense. But I believe that there's enough uh, continuity um, across the board on the offense and enough weapons. You know, I think not having, um, you know, pickings on the edge is going to hurt us. But I do believe that JT is an elite enough talent uh, to make it happen. And, and I know DJ had some games last year that he played when Trevor Lawrence was out. Um, but I, I think that in the, that first game, it's going to be hard to be at the tip top of your game as a guy like DJ starting starting the season uh, for the first time. That's, mm-hmm. that's a tough task. That's a tall task, especially against a, a Bulldog defense that has been elite as of late. And I think my biggest concern or, I guess, disappointment from last year is I didn't feel like we had the greatest pass rush um, last season. But I think that's going to be different this year. And if they're able to make him uncomfortable, that will be the almost determining factor in the game. If they can keep JT upright and make DJ uncomfortable, um, I think Georgia wins for sure. Yeah, I think I think this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches. And you know about the trenches. uh, you got to have protection. And you got to have pressure. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Which one do you think, Matt, uh, might be more likely? JT Daniels all day. I mean, there's no way. I don't believe there's any way under the sun. I mean, as a matter of fact, I would gamble every. If I was a gambling person, I would gamble everything that I owned. Clemson's <laughs> quarterback did not run 300 yards against Georgia's defense. I mean, it will never happen. Um, I don't believe that. I don't care if it was midseason or championship game. I don't believe that would happen. Uh, Georgia's defense is uh, I believe Kirby and the defense this year is going to be in more attack mode um, after the quarterback which means the opportunities for quarterbacks to run against Georgia's defense I believe that's going you're going to see that falter off quite a bit from what you've seen in the past in my own personal opinion all right here's kind of a fun one Georgia's pullback here's here's the next one which is more likely Georgia's pullback coach has to pull Coach Kirby Smart back to the sidelines over 40 times in the Clemson game, or 
Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney throws his hands up and gripes to the sideline official so much that an excessive whining penalty is called on the Clemson sideline. Gee, which do you think is, is more likely? <laughs> you know, <laughs> those are incredible options. I yeah. love that so much. I, I think I have to go with number one, though, just because I, I think Dabo has some kind of a, a good relationship with referees. Where I feel like they almost get benefit of the doubt more often than not. And, you know, the amount of times I've seen Kirby have to get pulled back. It, like, I, I think I've lost count at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I love his passion yes. so much. You know, he brings a love for the game that's infectious. Um, and, you know, I met Kirby for the first time in 2007 when he was a, a recruiter at Alabama. And even then, you could tell. Like, it exuded from him, um, his love for the game, <clears throat> his passion for um, just what it takes to play the game well. And, you know, sometimes it, it makes you go a little overboard in the game. So I don't know about 40, but I, it's probably likely it may be close to that. You know, I, I I would bet closer to 40 than not, to be honest. Right, that's right. I, I'm like you. I love his passion. Hey, go for it. Uh, you know, you're playing. And, and I think uh, the, the guys on the team really appreciate that. They buy in. Uh, to That's that right. passions. All right, Matthew, what do you think? Uh, pullback coach or Dabo? <laughs> pullback coach. Um, I believe that, you know, Kirby's going to be, I mean, being on the sidelines I, myself before in the past, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. That's right. I think uh, if I had to pick one of those two, I definitely think that Kirby's pullback coach pulls, pulls, pulls more than Dabo gets one and one penalty. You know, I, I, I love Dabo Sweeney. He's got a great Christian ter- testimony. Mm-hmm. He's a good coach. Uh, but he, he does know how to throw those hands up at the official of the side. I've That's seen right. it more times than than uh, not. And uh, he knows how to he knows how to get in their face without getting in their face and being ugly. That's right. I guess you could say. Yes. That's All right. right. Here's, here's the next one, which is more likely. ESPN game day will be on site for the Georgia Clemson game. And the game will be on ABC, which is more likely. Football analyst Kirk Herbstreet will use the term physicality more than 25 times during the broadcast. Or Lee Corso will put on the Bulldog headpiece and predict Georgia to, to win the game. So we, which one of those is more likely? And maybe both may happen. Who knows? What do you think? I was going to say, I almost have to go uh, with a push on that one because I think both of those things will happen. But if I had to bet, I would say Lee Corso uh, putting on the dog um, mascot head and choosing us to win the game. I know that's not always the best omen uh, leading into the game because I, I think a lot of times guys would rather they choose he choose the opposite. But um, I know he loves to, to put on that, that bulldog uh, hat for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. All right. What do you think, Matthew? Physicality, which is... I don't think the proper word, but anyway, he uses it. So what do you think, Matthew? I've, I've, and I've heard Hershey say that word a thousand times in a college football game, but I'm still going with Corso on this one. Yeah. Uh, Corso, uh, he always makes it fun when he picks the the, the Bulldog head. So I, I just, for whatever reason, I don't even care if he thinks Clemson's going to beat it. So I still think that's the Bulldog head. On. Yeah. All right. That's uh, right. We'll do the uh, couple more. JT, uh, here's Which is more likely, JT Daniels will be invited to New York as a Heisman finalist, or Zamir White will be invited to New York as a Heisman finalist, which you think is mm. more likely? Um, I love Zamir, and his story is unbelievable. And, like, I'm rooting for him 
every single Saturday. Um, but I will go with JT being more likely, just given the nature of the game. The way the game is played now, it's a lot more in the, through the air. Um, I never would have thought I would see that in the SEC. Yep. Um, there's a lot more passing than there is running. But also, I think with Zamir, it can hurt him the fact that he's, you know, sharing the backfield with some other elite talents, you know, um, you know, Cook back there being with him as well as others. I think that's going to hurt his chances of being kind of that feature back. And I feel like in order to be, you know, a Heisman finalist at the running back position in 2021, you'd almost need to be the main guy with almost no other co-stars back there in order to get the numbers needed to, to be in that position. You know, so. the the day of the game, 10-7 uh, game, defensive struggle game, that's gone, I think. I, you know, yeah. even Nick Saban has given up on trying to have a, a, a defense that will hold a, a team under, you know, 14 points. He, he gives up. He, he knows he has to have an offense that will outscore. That's right. Uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting. So, which one do you think, Matthew? JT or Zamir? I mean, I think that, and you know, I agree totally with what Chris said about Zamir. I mean, you know, and especially with his story and, and his struggle, you know, to be on the field, and, and you just couldn't ask for a better person, I guess, representative versus Georgia and determination. But at the same time, I I have to go with JT Daniels on this one. I mean, I think that. You know, uh, I know last year when he won, when JT Daniels uh, at the conclusion of the uh, game against uh, the bowl game against uh, Cincinnati. You know, I mean, JT Daniels went out there, he just flat out just put it right up, right away after the game, unfinished business, come. And I just think that JT Daniels is a man on. I look, I, honestly, I believe that Daniels, in my opinion or in my mind, I could see it happening. I'm not saying he's the next Joe Burrow in college football, but I can. Mm-hmm. Similarities between Joe Burrow and JT Daniel. I mean, the, the seasons that because you, if you go back and look at Joe Burrow the year before, he had this fantastic season. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the same Joe Burrow, man. That's right. Something and clicked. I, Something clicked I, somewhere. That's right. Yeah. I believe we're going to see a transition, a similar transition with JT Daniels this year, and I think dog fans will be excited about it personally. All right, let's do one more. Which is more likely, Jimbo Fisher will fulfill his promise? Texas A&M will beat uh, Nick Saban's rear end <laughs> at Alabama. He used a different word, uh, but yeah. I'm not going to use that word. Uh, uh, which is more likely, Jimbo Fisher will fulfill his promise that Texas A&M will beat Nick Saban in Alabama this year, or that Tennessee under Josh Heupel uh, will win more games than Auburn does under Brian Harson, uh, two new coaches in the SEC, Heupel coming from Central Florida, Harson uh, coming uh, from Boise State. Uh, so, uh, which you think is more likely, Texas A&M beats Alabama or Tennessee uh, will win more games than Auburn? What do you think, Chris? <laughs> oh, interesting, <wow>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great question. I'm going to go with option two solely because I think the SEC East is not the strongest right now. I have no idea what Tennessee even has. <laughs> so this, even this may Tennessee, be a dumb, yeah, I don't think Tennessee yeah. knows what Tennessee has. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say, I have no idea. And I don't really, I, I'm not too up on what Auburn has either, but I do think they have to go through a bit more of a gauntlet in order to win their games than Tennessee. So I'm just kind of playing the odds here of, okay, Tennessee is going to get an opportunity to play Vanderbilt, um, 
and potentially have some other games that they can win. Uh, whereas on Auburn's side, they have to go through the gauntlet of almost three guaranteed losses. Like they're probably guaranteed to lose Alabama, LSU, and AM. Um, and also, I just, I think AM has some great talent, um, but I don't think that they're uh, going to be able to do what they need to do against. Um, Saban and, and his his boys. And of so. course, I, I love what Nick Saban said when they asked, uh, you know, if reporters asked uh, Saban about Jim uh, Fisher's uh, comment that he was going to be- beat Nick Saban's rear end. He said, in what, golf? The perfect dig, the perfect response to that. I love it. Oh, man. So what do you think, Matthew? Uh, Matthew, which one do you think uh, of those options are more likely? Yeah, I'd go with option two here too. I mean, I don't, I don't think Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M beat Bama. I mean, I, I don't believe that. Now, in between, now at the same time, I mean, I kind of find it difficult for me to believe that Tennessee has a better record at the end of the year than Auburn. Um, a lot of that stems from the fact that Auburn uh, does have a lot of experience coming back at the running back position, um, which will, I mean, I know, I, I know they got some transitioning going on with out there at Auburn with coach and players and whatnot, but at least they have that background of that of that player at the running back position and, and you know some some depth there, and I think that will lead to them winning more games than Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, personally. But that's kind of a that's a tough question. I mean, I, I yeah. don't think Jimbo Fisher wins against Bama, but also at the same time, I don't think Tennessee wins more games than Auburn. Yeah, I mean. Pro at it there. I mean, just throw it out there. Throw darts. Very, very, very <laughs> right. interesting. By the way, the new coaches of the SEC: Brian Harson in Auburn, uh, Josh Heupel at Tennessee, coming from uh, uh, Central Florida. Uh, Shane Beamer, South Carolina. He uh, was at Georgia. Uh, he comes to South Carolina from uh, Oklahoma. He was on the staff at Oklahoma. And Clark Lee, uh, Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, the new head coach at Vanderbilt. You know, last year I was pulling for Vanderbilt to win a game, to just, you know, win a game. And uh, I don't know if they did. Uh, I can't remember if they won a game last year. But I, every time every time we had, uh, Matt and I would do, you know, our predictions for the games coming up, I'd pick Vanderbilt. Go Commodores, please do something. Here's, here's the final one. I, we'll, we'll do one more because this is relevant. This is relevant. Which would be a better fit for new teams in the SEC Oklahoma and Texas, which reports say now that Oklahoma and Texas have made inquiries about coming from the Big 12 to the SEC. Who would have ever thought that, uh, you know, in the past years? Uh, Which would be a better fit, Oklahoma and Texas coming from the Big 12? Or, I guess geographically you could say this might be a better fit, uh, Georgia Tech and Florida State coming into the SEC from the Ace, uh, from the ACC. Now, Georgia Tech was in the SEC back in the day. Bobby Dodd decided back in the day that uh, Georgia Tech would go independent for some strange reason, and they left the SEC. But you got Oklahoma and Texas, and, and of course, each school is kind of wishy-washy on whether they're actually doing that. Right. They're, they're wanting to come to the SEC, which would be a better fit, uh, you think. And what are the chances, you think, uh, that uh chris that oklahoma and texas actually will come into the sec what do you think about that yeah i think given geographics it's obvious who would be the better fit per se florida state and georgia tech just make more sense like you said georgia tech was in the sec at one point and it was my understanding that the sec potentially was going to have florida state in it at one point but they chose the acc instead um but when it comes to just 
pure intrigue and the narrative shifting and almost a seismic change to the landscape of college football, it has to be Oklahoma and Texas, given the pedigree, the way that Oklahoma has been, you know, in, in the upper echelon of teams of the recent five years. Um, so it would be very interesting to see. And honestly, from the reports I've seen, um, Chris and, and Matt, it seems very likely that they're going to be joining the SEC. Like, I don't know how I feel about it uh, just yet. I feel like I've kind of reserved my uh, thoughts until after it becomes official or not. Um, But I do think that them doing that will make a major change. Like, it would almost have to guarantee a moving of Auburn and Alabama to the SEC East. Um, And just think about how dramatic of a change that would be uh, for the entire conference and really the landscape of college football. Yeah, and are you would have to move uh, either Oklahoma or Texas into the, like we have Missouri in the SEC uh, East, which, you know, geographically, that's not right. So either that or you would have to move either Oklahoma or Texas into the SEC East. A lot of right. intrigue, and the Big 12 would be down to eight teams. They're not They're yes. not even the Big 12. They have 10 teams in the league. Of course, they'll right. pick up somebody, and they'll add somebody. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. What do you think, Matt? Which would be the better the, the better fit? I, you know, pedigree-wise, you want Oklahoma and Texas, and financially, yeah. they would bring a That's whole right. lot more to the table That's than Georgia right. Tech and Florida State. Which one do you think, Matt? Which would be right. uh, the better fit? I think Chris is 100% spot on. I mean, with location-wise, I mean, of course, the obvious choice would be Georgia Tech or Florida State. But, I mean, if you're talking about actual football, I mean, not to, not to, not to throw a shot there at Georgia Tech or Florida State, but you're actually talking about real grit football. Mm-hmm. I mean, question you put uh, Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, geographically, I know it might not fit. But, I mean, if you're talking about making the SEC better right, right, right now, not – 10, 10 years down the road from now. If you're talking about making the SEC even tougher now, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question of Oklahoma and Texas so coming from the Big 12 would be the, the choice to do that. And I, I, mean, I, I did read a report that uh, Oklahoma and Texas uh, two, four, five years ago made inquiries about joining the Pac-12. Well, that was a good no-go wow. uh, for them. Uh, you know, <laughs> college football out west is uh, having a tough time. Well, it's been our joy and pleasure to have Chris Burnett yep. with us. Uh, of course, a UGA grad, uh, played in the trenches uh, under Coach Mark Rick. And I did want to ask you right quick. I know you know the story uh, mm-hmm. about Mark, uh, Coach Rick, and we love him. We love uh, uh, Coach Rick here on our program. We love Kirby Smart. He's our coach. But we also have a huge place in our heart for Coach Mark Rick and the uh, you know, and now the the news that he has Parkinson's disease. You know, every every former player we talked to uh, who played for Coach Rick, I, they have you know, I, I, it's such admiration uh, for Coach Rick and the difference that he made in their lives. And I know you played for Coach Rick, and and so what are your thoughts about him and what he's going through? Now? Yeah, um, I think you said it well. Um, just nothing but love and respect for the man that Mark Rick is. Um, I, it definitely hurt my heart to see the, you know, the Parkinson's diagnosis and um, just seeing that obviously he's exhibiting some symptoms that were 
um, prevalent enough for people to make comments about it and him kind of dealing with that publicly, um, I know is, is going to be difficult uh, for him and for his family. Um, but it almost seems like thinking about a man like him, the amount of witness and grace it will show for him to go through so much significant suffering publicly. Um, I would hope that it would bring more people to the Lord, honestly. Um, yeah. I think about the man and the character he had when we were there at Georgia. He is uber competitive. Honestly, one of the most competitive people I've ever met in my entire life. Like you may not see that if you watch the game from the sideline, but he hates to lose at anything, anything. Like it didn't matter what it was. Um, but he made a, uh, like an, a conscious choice to one, be a calming force on the sidelines, to be one who showed consistency and grace in the midst of trial and difficulty. Um, and clearly this is his, you know, his newest and latest, probably most difficult trial and difficulty. And I just feel like if anyone, you know, will, will show the world uh, what it looks like to trust in the Lord uh, in the midst of suffering and pain, it, it'll be Mark Rick. And, um, you know, I just, I hate it for him, but he, he has always been so cons consistent and someone who I've admired um, for for so long and, you know, grateful enough to call him a friend, a former coach, and um, also a father figure. So I, I think about him consistently, you know, was and just praying that hopefully he's able to, to have a very full life in the midst of that diagnosis. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. the therapies for uh, Parkinson's disease has advanced so much over the yes. years and, and how to handle that disease. Michael J. Fox, you know, the actor. He That's right. Has, uh, he, he's done well with it. Yeah, obviously the effects are there, but he's done well with it. We love Coach Rick. I had the opportunity to interview him at Brandon Woods football camp. And this was before oh, the awesome. announcement. Uh, you know, this was before the announcement. I knew he had mm -hmm. a hip replacement, heart situation. Right. That's right. Uh, but I did notice, and I made a comment to several people, you know, Coach doesn't look exactly energetically like you want him yeah. to look. And mm -hmm. then the diagnosis came out. We love Coach Rick, and we'll be praying uh, for him. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. And uh, you and I have got a promise now. We're going to have a podcast of a different kind. We're, we're going to talk about right. preaching and the Bible and the Lord. We'll get together soon and we'll do that. Matthew, any closing yes, comments sir. for you? Yeah, I just want to really appreciate you coming on with us today, man. And, and you know, it just means a lot. It means a lot more than you, you know, you know uh, for for myself and, and uh, for us here. And, you know, just really, really appreciate your time today and, and coming on and speaking with us and, I look forward to football season. Look forward to having you on again, too. You know. Yes, that's right. And it's my pleasure. And and thank you, Matthew and Chris, just for inviting me. Um, it, it's been a pleasure. I always love the opportunity to talk college football, but more specifically about the dogs. You know, it's such a special place in my heart for so long. And, you know, one of my big regrets is not having the opportunity to connect more with the broader spectrum of Bulldog Nation as a player. Um, so I've tried to make a concerted effort to do that now. And, you know, stuff like this, is, it just makes my heart feel full um, mm -hmm. to do it. So it's, it's my pleasure, 100%. And thank you all again. Well, thank you for being with us. When we get off the air, I'll give you my address. We'll look for some of those Chick-fil-A 
uh, discount coupons or something. There, you know. Uh, That's but, right. I love it. <laughs> shamelessly, we ask that. All right, yes. Chris. Thank send you so it, much. Send it over. Send so, it over. God bless you, brother. And thank you for being with us. Thank you, Matt, for being with us. And join us again next time for uh, today's Sports Report with Matthew Hall here on uh, the uh, UGA Football News. Thank you for joining us for this edition of today's Sports Report. We thank our many fine sponsors for making our program possible. Be sure to join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with University of Georgia football and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.